Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Jan Rippingale, founder and CEO of Blue Banyan. Welcome, Jan. Thank you, Dylan. I'm glad to be here. Good to have you here. Um, to get us started, can you give us a little bit about your history, your background, and how you ended up doing what you do today? So I have a, a different background, probably, than typical. Um, it actually started when I was nine. I was going to be astronaut and president, since I've always been a bit ambitious. <laughs> and I worked for NASA several different points during while I was going to school and college and university. And I got a chance to meet John Glenn because I was always interested in not only engineering, but how it's applied to make people's lives better. And John Glenn, so I was doing a, a Washington internship for students of engineering, and there were only three engineers in all of Washington. And John Glenn was one of them. So I talked with him about my interest in becoming an astronaut and the most recent NASA funding request that was up to in front of Congress. And he said that he couldn't support it because he didn't see the value compared to the value of putting that money towards education in the United States. And I think that was a, a very interesting point that he made about his priorities and the use of the stewardship of the government funds that he had at the time. And it was perfectly clear to me that I did not have a career path. That if John Glenn wasn't willing to fund NASA, this was not a plan that was going to work. And that's when I pivoted and went into computer science. And I have been using computer science as my technology to make the world a better place. And so Blue Banyan is about, we have developed business systems for solar installers and we help them run their businesses more efficiently so we can deploy more solar faster, get more of that money going from back into office operations into actual infrastructure and benefiting us that way. Okay, amazing. So is that your primary um, product? It is our flagship product. It's called Solar okay. Success. Okay, awesome. And and yeah, so I love the story about NASA. Um, it's a pity you didn't get to be an astronaut, but I guess it builds character. <laughs> exactly. Um, My children are still interested. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so what else is it? I checked your website and there seemed to be um, another platform for construction. Is that correct? That is correct. So we have about a third of the solar residential solar market is operating on solar success right now. And so we are extending a lot of the insights that we've had for construction to builder success and bringing that the same insights from solar into the specialty contractor markets with builder success as well. Okay, amazing. So, so it's, it's pre-made solutions that you're selling um, to these companies. Exactly. And data-driven templates to help them do their project management more repeatably. Okay, awesome. And so I see you, um, it's been about seven years, is that correct? It is. It has been a long journey. <laughs> um, how, <laughs> what, what are the biggest challenges that you faced over the last seven years and how, how have you overcome them? So 
we faced a bunch of different challenges. Life on the solar coaster, which is what everyone in the solar industry calls it, um, has been intense. The biggest core challenge through everything has been maintaining even cash flow because we've had bumps where anything with solar was sold as fast as it could get. Businesses that just had investors wanted to get on solar success and move and then didn't even have a single transaction yet. We've had times where sales were that easy to make and it took two weeks to do an ERP sale. And then we've had times where it doesn't matter. No one's buying software because they can't even buy modules. We had the entire shutdown of the supply chain um, post-pandemic, but also then saying uh, the slave labor issue that was going on with um, China. And so we couldn't import any foreign made solar panels for six or eight months. It was really intense. So the only people who made it were the people who had big warehouses of solar solar panels, which is typically not cost effective. So a whole lot of people were really suffering. So that was a, you know, a real challenge. And then we get over that and we get everything coming in and the in, uh, inflation reduction act gets passed and we're going to get all this big infrastructure money coming in for solar. And that comes in and gets passed in August, which is right as the interest rates start climbing. And so all of a sudden the price to install solar at your home, is almost double what it was at one, one and 2% interest versus seven, 8% interest. And the sales totally tanked right after we got this big money and we thought it would take off. So maintaining even cash flow when there have been huge industry shifts that we don't have any control over but dramatically affect our clients has been really challenging. Okay, yeah, I can I can imagine how tough that must be. And um so how what, what is your business strategy um and how do you prepare for any unforeseen circumstances? So we, from the beginning, we had diversified so that we also supported um, other areas of the of the on NetSuite platform economy. So we had like regular technical business, and there were several times when I was very tempted to, you know, concentrate on just the solar industry and not be diverse. That we were also addressing kind of retail market and distributors and and these kinds of people. And I am so glad that we maintain that diversity. That literally that year, this year, it's been the difference between being able to make it or not. So it really mattered to maintain that diversity. And I kind of thought of it as a tripod that we needed to have at least three sources of, of revenue. So we've got recurring revenue from our software sales, services on solar, and then services in, in NetSuite, just business in general, technical services. So that has really helped us. Then the next strategy is, of course, to move into the adjacents so that we're in the larger construction because the larger construction is doing better than solar is right now. And so that should even out the bumps along the way. But it's anytime you split your attention, that has got a price too. So so it's it's like going through a, a journey where there isn't a, a solution that's not going to have a price. Every decision option that 
that you're going to make has a price and you're just choosing which price you're going to pay. So the price for diversity is lack of focus or needing to maintain multiple focuses at quality. Um, the price for being, being focused would be that we'd have to go on the full ride with the solar coaster and that can literally be deadly. So um, I ended up making that choice based on worst case scenarios and the solar coaster being deadly was too high a price to pay. But absolutely diversification has a price too. A hundred percent. And can you speak to any um, me metrics or KPIs that you use to measure the success of your business? Yes. Well, we actually have some interesting, we have all of the standard KPIs that you would use like cash flow and EBITDA and, and these kinds of things. We've also kind of developed a new metric recently around quiet quitting, where in the professional services side of business, you can have clients that effectively quiet quit you while you're moving along, particularly if you're doing time and materials. And that can be very slow and you cannot notice it. For instance, the solar industry was contracting and the our existing clients were ordering more services, fewer services just because they had less cash flow, but they were still ordering services and engaging with us. And so we didn't notice until a little late in the game that we had this kind of client side quiet quitting going on. So now we're actually converting our client like a stock portfolio and we're looking at gainers and losers, people who have are moving up in their average, clients who are moving up in their spend versus reducing and how many gainers and losers we have. And we're looking at our clients as a portfolio as a whole. And then we're using a pivot table to check and see, do we have more gainers or losers by captains or account reps? that are on those accounts? Or do we have more gainers and losers by industry? Or do we gainers or losers by um, manager? See if we're getting the right management going on. And this gainers and losers KPI and looking at our clients like a socks and portfolio kind of pivot has been super effective for us. So, and really catching the right people doing it well and the people who Who's who clients want to continue to work with no matter what the economic situation is, really high value um, versus lower end people. So it's really been great for us to, to discern people who are doing a good enough job and people who are doing a great job. We work remotely, a hundred percent remote company. And, and it's really hard to tell. Because when you have a one-on-one, -on -one, everyone says it's all going great, like an interview. But this is this has been one of our, you know, brutal brutal truth KPIs, letting us know what's actually happening. Okay, amazing. I'm glad that you've figured it out and you've got a way to overcome that. Um, I love hearing about people finding issues and solving them. Um, that that's what gets me going. <laughs> In, in these <laughs> podcasts. Um, so do your clients, is it a software service that they buy or is it like a monthly subscription or do they pay 
a fee per transaction? How does it work? So we have a software as a service and it's typically annual in advance. And we have a module fee for a base price because if it goes below a certain amount, um, it's not worth our time to even get it installed and getting it up and, and running. So we've got like a module fee that gives us a floor for a minimum pricing. And then we have per user fees so that we capture some upside on growth as more people are using the system. Also, the more users you have, it actually does require more attention and higher quality coding to be able to scale. So that's our, our model for that product. We do have some other products with different models. Like we've got a chat with SMS and we charge um, a base fee plus usage because that can be all over the map um, for different clients. And we need to protect our potential downside of, of engaging on a peer user model. It's, we thought about a lot of pricing structures and what we found is that clients, understandably, aren't super excited about revenue-based pricing models because you're essentially giving away equity of your company as you're growing and they're not realizing the benefits of the operational efficiency gains. Also, as they, as they succeed and do really well, you would think that they would be even happier to pay you because they're obviously doing well and they have a lot more money. But what that means is that you're just ripe for getting um, undermined by a competitor. So we haven't, our competitors are using revenue-based models for their pricing and we are going after that. And we've thought about mimicking it and we've ended up deciding that delivering operational efficiency gain is really how we're gonna have ongoing performance and value and that we won't be able to be matched or undermined really in that, in delivering that. But there is definitely, our competitors are capturing more upside than we are right now, but then they ended up, they end up losing it too. So it's a, it's a tricky question about how exactly you should do it. Okay. So we've ended up deciding that this is our sweet point right now. And I, I don't know that we're not going to experiment with additional pricing models still. Okay. 100%. And where yeah. would you, I don't know if the stats exist, but where would you rate yourself compared to the competitors? Um, are you in the higher percentile or? For a solar business for the micro vertical, for oracles the defines oracle defines solar as a micro vertical um it's really energy so it's not that micro but at in that micro vertical we're number one there isn't a better okay. erp system than us in construction there isn't actually a good system that is got both project management and accounting tied together which is where a huge number of the operational efficiencies come together but are we have piecemeal competitors and amongst those piecemeal competitors, we're in the top 10. But we're we're still early days getting that out to market. Okay, amazing. And I know I'm backtracking here a bit, but I wanted to ask, during your entrepreneurial journey um, over the last seven years, what have been the most notable 
milestones or accomplishments that have happened for your business? I know. So for the business, the biggest milestones have been, you know, getting your first sale is, is the, of the software is their biggest first milestone. It sounds like it should be trivial. And I thought it would be much easier than it actually was. So the first paying customer is a huge milestone. Getting to the, to where we had, you know, a third of the, of the top 100 and we've got half of the top 10 and then watching our clients, our, our largest client went from five to three to one. And, and recently they said that the biggest pivot for them was getting onto solar success because then they were able to flexibly grow their business and scale. And that is how they, they moved faster than everybody else when the industry was growing big. That was, that was a huge milestone because it was a very visible proof point to the entire industry that improving your operational efficiency, op, op, technical, the construction people are not so interested in digitizing all of their data. It seems it's such a pain because there's so many details that the humans are keeping track of in their brains <laughs> that getting it, getting that tribal knowledge out into a system um, is often a multi-year journey for a company to do it well and to do it right and to show that the benefits are really there and you can scale faster and you can improve quality more consistently has been a was a was a huge milestone so having these proof points was great and then the next thing was how to scale the professional services oh my goodness that has been a challenge <laughs> um people have flat out told me that obviously you can't scale professional services by definition and that has been very annoying. <laughs> um, and and it hasn't been simple. And I'm not sure that we're there yet altogether. But we have definitely made positive strides forward in how this is done. Um, but yeah, these every every milestone and every mountaintop you reach, is awesome and you really do need to celebrate it because otherwise it's totally exhausting. And then you get to see all the other mountains. So both are true. As soon as you hit any milestone, you're like, oh my God, there's so much more to do. And I have really needed to learn to celebrate as we went along because otherwise it's just too exhausting. You've got to have joy. Yeah, <laughs> percent way too much of a grind always need to celebrate the small ones it's part of putting the whole puzzle together exactly <laughs> and it makes a huge difference to employees one of my major shifts that made a huge difference in our culture since we're all remote is i use giffies giffies all over the place so <laughs> somebody does something great they don't just get an emoji they get like a star that you know <laughs> highlights how awesome they are and that really developed a lot of connection. And so we use Giphy's all over the place now. And it's been a game changer for us. And I'm like, I'm the fucking CEO. You can't tell me I need to search through Giphy's right one. <laughs> but it yeah. has it has really mattered to team cohesion. So it's worth your time. <laughs> Even though it's absolutely a pain in the ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I feel I feel that. I I used to think it was like silly and false motivation, but I've noticed, especially in my previous role, um, it definitely boosted uh, teamwork and camaraderie, um, making everyone feel a bit lighter in the work that they do, even though they were still doing the proper job. Um, so it definitely, <laughs> it definitely works. Um, I was leading to my next question with the accomplishments one. Um, I wanted to know what would you rate your business um, in terms of your satisfaction on a scale of one to 10 today? Well, so I am a founder and CEO. So my satisfaction with my business is probably a three. Doesn't that sound terrible? <laughs> Um, it's not because I think we're doing a bad job. I don't I think we're doing a, we're obviously doing a good job. The, I see how much more I would like to be able to do. And okay. I need, I need to improve my ability to, to have the clarity to get everyone on the same page and moving forward in the, in the right direction while also being independent minded and empowered and having autonomy and I needing to upskill everyone so that they can actually get more productive work done in the time frame. So we're a relatively small team and we need to and we are consistently hitting above our kind of weight class. But we're we need to keep keep doing that and there's a lot of room for improvement so i have a much bigger vision than what we've actually been able to do so far and so probably i see i see it as about 30 percent baked okay like i i want to see this whole thing actually come out and do better um and do more and 100%. it's so for me it's no one else in the company would think that I don't think, but for me, it, I've got, I've got a much bigger vision than where we are right now. We are the okay. most successful micro vertical that NetSuite has ever had in their history, right? No one's ever, including NetSuite has never done it this as well as we have. We've got a lot of these major accomplishments and there's so much more to do. hundred percent. And if I were to, if we were to meet again in three years time and ask you the same question, uh, what what would you rate your business, or what would you want you yourself to rate your business? Probably a five, <laughs> because hopefully I will have honestly accomplished more of this vision, and I I will have gained more understanding about where we really do need how much further and more we can do. So I'm expecting I would like to be further along. I'd like to have more of that pie. Um, incarnated and in, into the world and working. And if I haven't grown to where I can see how much more we can do, then that will have been a failure on my part. Okay. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate the honesty <laughs> and thank you for that. Um, we are running out of time. We actually a bit over time. I didn't notice, but before we sign Sorry. off, what? What advice would you give to other business owners, firstly, looking to succeed in your industry and 
secondly, what advice would you give to, let's say, solar companies looking to succeed? Because you've obviously seen what works and what doesn't. I would actually recommend the same, the same advice to both of them, which is kind of like cure from the core. So when you're looking at whatever problems it is that you need to solve, solve the hard problem, solve the problem that's at the root of it, of the issue. So if you're tired at the end of the day, is it because your work has too much conflict or you can't get along with your kids or your work is too hard? Or is it because you have way too much and you haven't had the right food and you didn't get enough sleep last night? So usually the hardest answer is the core root of the problem. And if you solve that, the rest of the problems go away. So figuring out what your data is supposed to be and who has the data at the right time is like the root problem for a lot of solar installers. And actually addressing that problem makes the, the all of the ripple effects of not having it done right the first time go away. And so if you can cure at the core, even though it's almost always going to be the hardest answer, that's going to give you your biggest bang for the buck. Amazing. I appreciate that. And I completely agree. Um, but thanks, Jan, for, for your time and for being on the show. Is there any way Pleasure. people can reach out to Jan Rippingale if you have any offers for them to take advantage of or if they're just looking to follow your journey? Um, so I'm, I am on LinkedIn and Jan, Jan Rippingale and there's my email is, is just jan at bluebanion.com. So I'd love to hear from anybody who'd like to, to reach out to me on either of those ways. Um, if they're participating and have any interest in data standards for the solar industry, <clears throat> we are, I'm running the Orange Button Working Group, and I'd love to hear from anyone interested in, in that and helping that effort. We are getting permitting from taking 27 days to two days to 75 minutes. So it's making radical change. So if you want to help, pitch in, reach out and let me know. That'd Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you so much, Dylan. Have a great day. You too. And thank you for inviting me.